Greetings. Today we have the pleasure of sharing with you our 23rd Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle Podcast Series episode that deals with the daily life in Costa Rica and the many questions that arise when thinking about moving here, visiting for a while, how one acquires their legal status, etc., etc. Becoming a resident of Costa Rica is a very involved process. More and more individuals and families are thinking about it now, and they're actually starting the process. Many people are moving to Costa Rica this year. There seems to be so much stress and a need for change in the lives of many all over the world, it seems like. Costa Rica is that Pura Vida lifestyle oasis, a land of tranquility, an easy, laid-back life, and a strong desire for more sane and peaceful lifestyles for all who care to make it happen. Today and throughout the coming months, I'm going to be spending some time with Kevin McNamee, who is the representative for Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his team have helped hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that's involved with the process for many, many years. He's an expert, a professional, and a perfectionist when it comes to his business and when it comes to Costa Rica, and I'm so happy to have him here with us. We're recording a series of Q&A conversation-type episodes. Each episode is going to address and answer three or four questions regarding the residency process or what you can expect when living in Costa Rica and other topics that should cover just about every question and concern you have about the daily life that you're going to experience here in paradise. You're going to learn about how to begin the residency process, how it works, the time frames, and so much more. And most important, you're going to meet a new friend in Kevin who will indeed have your best interest at hand when you allow him to work hard for you. His sole job is to get you here in Costa Rica in one piece and with your residency along the way. Kevin, I say welcome to you for our 23rd time, and we appreciate your spending a few minutes with all of us explaining what you know about Costa Rica and what all of us need to learn. Well, I will be only too pleased to pass on the amount of knowledge that I have gathered over the last X number of years. My pleasure. I keep repeating that I rather enjoy these sessions and I look forward to them. So let's fire away. Well, that's great. Kevin, in our first 22 episodes, we talked about a lot of things, just everything that has to do with Costa Rica. I thought we were going to run out of questions, but every day, every day I get questions sent to my email inbox. And one of the questions that we had yesterday, I really want to expand upon, or I want you to expand upon because it's so important. Most of, uh, I should say, some of the people who moved to Costa Rica are over the age of 50, of course, and they're concerned about their prescriptions that they have to take, uh, the healthcare in general, and I just want you to talk about the Costa Rica healthcare system. Well, my pleasure, Skip. There's so many levels we can talk about. People come here with preconceived notions about what they can do based on what they could do back in their home country. I'll give you a glaring example is a lot of people are concerned about uh, prescriptions and, and what happens if I run out of my prescription. Well, not that we are cutting edge 
technology and such, but we're not back with chalkboards and crayons and chalkboard, chalkboards and chalk. Uh, we have a, a very good pharmaceutical system here. The big difference is you can actually walk in with a drug that you need it from home country that has prescriptions, etc., and ask the druggist if they have this that particular drug, which is a good chance they will, or if they can get you that drug, or do they have a generic, and they'll give it to you. They will sell it to you, not give it to you. They will sell it to you. It's not bound by the same, I don't want to say codes and ethics, but the fact is pharmacies are businesses, and they will sell you if you have a requirement for, for that particular drug. So that's a relief to a lot of people because they are so hewned into or into the program where no 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 prescription no drugs it wasn't that many years ago here you could literally go into a drugstore and buy liquid codeine or liquid heroin it's very scary but true now not within my lifetime or a lot with my lifetime down here but it was common practice in the past so that's the first attitude or uh, attitude you can look at your prescription requirements from a different perspective. Is there insurance policies you could buy to cover the cost of drugs and such? Yes, a lot of the hospitals here, and we do have absolutely excellent hospitals here, private, uh, some with affiliations to North America, some with affiliations to Europe. And there you can buy prescriptions or sorry, uh, insurance policies for let's say doctor's visits only or prescriptions only or hospital stays only or a combination of one and two or two and three or one and three, et cetera, et cetera. Literally custom made policies by the insurance corporations here. And most of these are offered by the hospital themselves, backed up by who knows, Lloyds of London or whomever, but uh, it's available. So a person moving here and waiting to get their residencies are not without opportunities to be insured, okay? Once you have your legal status, you can also apply for government insurance here, which is excellent, which I used for a number of years until I it became cost or age prohibitive because at 65 you have to switch over to the CAHA, the, the insurance policy for everybody. Now it's a law that you get your status and you have to belong to the CAHA in addition to, or at least join the CAHA whether you use it or not. A lot of people object to that, but I treat it as a, a form of voluntary taxation. We need we need to keep the the CAHA going for the general public and for those people like myself that use it. And I'm quite pleased with it. Incidentally, it's uh it's been a financial godsend and, and uh it's a it's a nice to know that you you're covered with pre existing conditions and future conditions and et cetera, et cetera. So that is available to you just touching bases more on the, on the CAHA, 
Yes, it is compulsory once you get your status. In fact, it's condition when you get your approval for your status that you show proof then that you take the the approval from the government that we give you from the the immigration and we give it to you it has to go to the closest uh, cs ccss office to where you live now people ask can we help you doing that we don't know where you're going to live because probably when you're applying for your legal status, you haven't figured that out either. So all we can do is say, okay, you're going to be in that such, here's the address for the CCSS for you. And all you do is make an appointment. We do give you the paperwork with the, the paperwork to get that application. We tell you how to make the appointment and such. We don't abandon you if, if you are really bereft of, of friends or, or any people speaking Spanish, we would certainly arrange to have somebody go with you. It's uh, just a, a service we offer. It's, a, we, it's, not a, it's not a free service, but it's a service that some people feel comfortable with. Now, if you're in, as on the border of Nicaragua or the border of Panama, and we're here in the Central Valley, it would be expensive, but we'll get, we don't wanna make an issue of it. The fact is, it's something, a step you have to take and we'll help you get it. Usually when people come to us, we have had former clients, or sorry, former applicants who are now clients and subscribe to the CCSS. And we ask them to give you a hand and that's how it's taken care of. Now, the I've touched on the basis that the hospitals here give uh, or sell insurance policies. Also, there are insurance, insurance agents here that have certain product to sell you readily available. I don't like to get into, into costs because honestly, I don't, I can't compare costs anymore to North America. It's been too many years, but I dare say my, my costs here are rather static while I would think in North America, for example, healthcare has gone up considerably. Here it has not. There are some downsides to the government insurance here, which it's a national insurance policy or system, I should say, scratch the word policy, it's a system. And yes, it's very popular. And yes, your, your time frame from the time you see a doctor to having a operation can vary to months into the future. Of course, if it's an emergency or if it's uh, something that would be very health deteriorating quickly, they will get you in quicker. But for selective surgery, uh, it'll, it'll take a while because it is popular. Everything has changed with the virus lately, but we get back to normal again. In fact, we're very close to normal here now in the medical. They're quite pleased with the reaction lately with the number of cases and the number of deaths and such. But uh, medical is a, uh, it's a right here in Costa Rica. The strange thing is a person could be actually here as a tourist and need medical requirement or uh, medical assistance procedures. They cannot turn you away. They will ask you for payment but if with you are without the wherewithal to pay, 
they will not reject you. They will actually give you the operation you require. Up to and including, strangely enough, or realistically enough, people from further south come here knowing that they need to have an operation on their heart or even a transplant and come to the doctors here and say, I, I have a pain in my, in my chest and I, I'm getting dizzy, they know all the symptoms. They get diagnosed as having to need a having a needing or wanting or needing a, a heart transplant or a heart operation. They get it at no cost. Again, they'll be asked to pay, but getting blood from a stone is impossible and they will service you and let you go debt free or bill if without a bill. Kevin does That's the I'm sorry. That pretty well sums up the medical. We have the we have the, the steps for CCSS, CCSS and such on our website. Be happy to refer you to that that site, but you'll find on our website all the information update up to date as to how to the steps to take in case you don't use our service but still want to come to Costa Rica and enroll. Uh, just a couple questions. First of all, does the Caja cover? dental and problems with your eyes it covers dental again and it's very popular but it's there's a weird situation here let's say you had to have extensive dental work or some no a number of teeth worked on they'll do it one tooth at a time that allows more people in into the system daily and so let's say you have six fillings, you may get six appointments. If one's really bad or one's hurting, they will do it within minutes, if not hours. But the fact is, they, you do have medical or dental here in, in the Caja. The uh, prescription glasses, no, but prescription glasses here are a fraction of the cost that you would experience back in your home country. It's relatively inexpensive. And of course, we have worldwide or world-class doctors and, and equipment and glasses, just a lower cost. So to answer your question, yes on teeth, no on eyes, unless as a result of, inj of an injury. Right. I understand that. And then I assume that there's uh, hospitals and clinics all over the country. And I assume also that there's larger hospitals in the San Jose area. And then throughout the smaller towns, there's clinics. Is that correct? Uh, not totally. There's in the smaller out, out, out riding regions, I should say, uh, not small towns and such, but we have cities in the south and in the north and such. They actually have hospitals also. Smaller towns, you'll have clinics and you have your CCESS uh, centers and such. Yes, the majority of the grand hospitals here, Clinica Biblica, Clinica Catholica, SEMA, uh, uh, these are major hospitals that would literally put I have to say this with no tongue in cheek, but actually put most of the hospitals in North America to shame. It's, it's, they're, 
extremely well run. They're, yes, they are expensive because they have to be because they have standards to keep and such, but a pittance compared to the prices you would pay back in your home country. But yes, everything's available. Ironically enough, we have one one have one hospital here, SEMA. It's so popular as a restaurant because the food is so good and it's so inexpensive that they literally have a cafeteria that not only caters to patients and staff, but there's a lineup for their food because it is so attractive price-wise and taste-wise. So it's it's certain different parameters than what we're used to. Uh, I don't want to say anybody, to anybody that visiting the doctor is a joy or going to the hospital is a joy, but I'll tell you what, there's not that great trepidation as you would experience in North America. I can speak for myself, for the Caribbean, speaking for myself. So you're saying it's actually a uh, fine dining restaurant that has doctors someplace <laughs> in the building as well then? Well said. I wish I had said it that way myself. <laughs> hey, Kevin, the, the last question that I have about the Caja, how is that charged? What's the price? Well, it's um, for us foreigners, expats, we get, just call ourselves foreigners amongst ourselves. It's predicated on your declared income. This is a very good question. I'm glad you asked that, Skip. Your de- de- declared income. Okay. As a pensionado, you have to prove a pension of at least $1,000 a month for the applicant. Okay. So that covers the whole family. So the $1,000 is the income for the for the family as far as the cost, uh, as far as the immigration is concerned, and therefore, as far as the CAHA is concerned. A rentista who has to prove they have access to $2,500 a month in the form of a ongoing, well, let's rephrase that, $2,500 a month available to them for a maximum of 24 months. So that really recalls for a $60,000 deposit in a local bank. We say local because I get into that further. It should be a local bank and not your home bank. So therefore, you would be your premium would be predicated on the fact that you're making $2,500 a month. The applicant is. The resident investor status is is one where the qualification now to become a resident to get your status is. $200,000 investment by the investor or applicant, and that covers the spouse and children under 18 or children under 25 if they're full-time students. But that begs the question, okay, so you came down here with your your $207,000 and you bought a $200,000 house and you have $7,000 income to live on, so is your premium going to be predicated on a percentage of the $7,000? No, there is a formula that they work and it's really per application, per per situation. Part of the requirements, if you, if you put your investment in a corporation is that that corporation has to do cash projections and such. And therefore your accountant that we usually provide for you or suggest you use or tell you that he's in the area you're going to live or your lawyer will tell you 
that that uh, lawyer, uh, sorry, that uh, CPA will, in fact, do a cash projection for you and reflected your actual income or your liquid cash, and you'll be your charges will be predicated on that. But as a as a whole, as a overall comment, anticipate slightly under 10% of your declared income as your premium for your CAHA here in Costa Rica. Very slightly, but that's a good rule of thumb. Well, Kevin, I have one more question. This has nothing to do with the CAHA, but I want to get this in here <laughs> real quick since we have a couple minutes. And I know this is a personal choice, but could you explain the the different the the best time of year to visit Costa Rica? What's your position on that? Well, knowing that we really have two seasons here, the green and the brown, the advertising department of the country doesn't really like to say rainy season. It doesn't really like to say dry season. So we have the green season and we have the brown season. It really depends what a person wants. If they're going to the beach, you know that the dry season is going to be very hot, not not tremendously humid, probably more humid than what you're used to living in North America. But the dry season is when the sunshine, I swear to God, is 12 hours a day, every day, to the point of getting monotonous. The rainy season, is, uh, it starts, we talk about six months and six months. It's not really six months and six. It's the season when it starts to get rainy, we'll have cloudy days and then rain for an hour or so in the afternoon, typically. And then the next day, a little longer, next day, a little longer until you can count on basically half days of rain and half days of sunshine. You will get the irregular rainy day all day or maybe even two or three. But if you're predicating your visit to Costa Rica to look around, to enjoy the country and such, really don't let the season interfere with your plans. You will not be stranded out in some town with the with the dikes burst and, and, and you can't get on the car and drive to the next point. It just doesn't happen. It's a rainy season, but of course the people here in Costa Rica know it's the, the government, the Department of Highways know it's rainy season and they they build the roads accordingly and such. Do they have washouts and such? Yes, but that happens anywhere. It's just a temporary affliction. But the rainy season is lush and green and tropical. The dry season is dry and I want to say dusty, but yes, it's more dust because remember, we have a history of volcanoes and volcanoes from erupting for the last X thousands of years and the residue floats around until it hits the ocean and then it becomes beach. So, uh, no, it's, it's there really is no set time. The temperature God love us. It's within probably five degrees, four degrees from hottest to coldest record on record, you know, anywhere in the country, in the country. So that doesn't, it doesn't factor in at all. Uh, I like the rainy season because it's something I shouldn't say as I'm enticing people to come to Costa Rica, but there's less tourists 
and there's there's more restaurants open for me to to enjoy, and there's less uh, crowds on the beach, and there's a lot of uh, specials and and such, and uh, I like that. But I also like talking with people, and and believe it or not, uh, the more people come down here, the more people I get to talk with. So it's it's a it's a personal call, Skip. It's a personal call. Well, that's what I thought you would say. (laughs) (laughs) You know me well. (laughs) Thanks a lot. It's uh, been a pleasure like it always is. And we've posted Kevin's contact information and his website address on the program notes that are associated with this specific episode. And I urge you to follow up with him through his contact us page on his website as well. Uh, If you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first 22 conversations with Kevin regarding residency and everything else you need to know about visiting or living in or moving to Costa Rica. All the links are posted at the bottom of his homepage of his website at Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. That's Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. And if you like what you heard today, please share our Q&A session link with your friends and family. We'd appreciate that. And uh, they may learn something about Costa Rica as well. And finally, if you come up with any specific questions or topics that you'd like Kevin to cover, let us know. Send your request to my email address at CostaRicaGoodNews at gmail.com. That's CostaRicaGoodNews at gmail.com. And Kevin, thanks again. We'll see you soon for our next conversation together, talking about everything you need to know about acquiring your legal status here in Costa Rica and so much more. Oh, I wish I had said it that well myself, Skip. Thank you very much for the invite, and uh, thanks for the chance for uh, having displayed my limited expertise. Joking mm-hmm. aside, thanks. Thanks again, folks. Thanks, Skip. Talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you.